1: 5th Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the 5th Dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of 5th Dimensional Living, Diane Bachberger.
2: Hello everyone, this is Diane of the Blu-ray and it's 10.01 a.m. June the twenty ninth, two thousand and sixteen, and it's all about the higher frequencies of love, and that's what fifth dimensional radio is all about. So, what propels a civilization into the next step? Because humanity is evolving. You know, join me over the next couple hours or so as I take you into the fifth dimension and beyond. I may have a person calling in named Diana. And hopefully um, she's not too busy today because I would like to have her input on what's going on. And uh, a lot has been going on over the last three weeks since I last did a show. And, you know, a lot has been going on in my life. So I do share my experiences. And uh, if you have any questions... The call-in number here is 646-200-4169 because, uh, you know, I do talk about a lot of different things. And um, first of all, I want to mention that I want to talk about Che and Ruby and Dog and Wolf. So some of the totems I want to talk about. Um, so if you, just to add, if you want to you know to me or to ask questions press 1 so i know that you want to get through okay and if you're just listening you know just on the phone or the uh, Skype isn't is supposedly working very well today so if you're trying to call in and do Skype you may have issue with it because there's something going on on blog talk it's a technical difficulty so just to let you know that so there um Just maybe I'll talk about that strawberry moon that just happened recently, I guess about a a week ago, and um, it was around the time that I was visiting my daughter, and some really kind of interesting things happened. You know, um, sometimes in the full moon you hear coyotes howling, especially if you're living out in the country, or, you know... They're just are just out there where you live in the wilds. It's um you know, I'm feeling a lot of underworld kind of energy. By that I mean what we have going on within us is mirrored around us. So it was kind of heavy duty time recently. So you know, this Scorpio energy or deep energy that I was talking about about three weeks ago on June the 8th, it it causes humanity to go within and look within themselves. So a lot of people are doing that now, and um, it's, it's a purification cleansing time right now for humanity, but also they're awakening up. So it, it's, you know, going beyond the surface of things and feeling, you know, Things really deeply, and it's not going by um, the mind. It's going from the heart, the intuition, the knowing. Once you open up those higher chakras above the, you know, crown chakra, those things unfold to you. There's a lot of there's Venus heavy energy right now, so Venus isn't visible in the sky right now. So this is some of that underworld energy, okay? And we're going through the twins, you know, the twin energy, the balancing energy, the Gemini energy. We're leaving the Piscean Age and going into the Aquarian Age. I've talked about that on many shows. But we're in a transition period. So this is a time where there's a crossover, you know, and a lot going on. Um... So, also, I think, I believe today is the last day of the Mars retrograde. I'll have to follow up with that, but that's been heavy time, too. And, you know, I I haven't really talked about this on the show before, but, you know, I've talked about angelic energy, I've talked about dragon energy, you know, and Different types of energy, but I've never really talked about the jinn energy. So if I have time, I will talk about that today because that is fire energy. You know, that kind of masculine Mars kind of energy. Um, The North Node Virgo energy is um, that we've really been experiencing, especially of late, has to do with community and going beyond the self and interrelatedness of you know that our community i you know sometimes i talk about self forgiveness and not putting blame on people but first of all we have to heal ourselves so this is the time that you know once we do a lot of that healing energy and we forgive ourselves we can forgive others and work with others um this Jupiter and Virgo energy, too, is the time where we really look at the leaders of the planet and we see, you know, some of the things are pretty atrocious. And, you know, we've probably heard recently um, that uh, Britain left the EU. And it's because they don't like what's going on. And the globalists are trying to, you know... Put people together and control everything and to almost like collapse the the economy so people are starting to rise up and they're trying to work together to figure things out it's important that we work together to do this you know that Virgo energy is all about humility looking within and seeing you know we don't have all the answers we we must reach out and connect with the divine energy and with each other And, you know, we're very strong and we're light beings, but we also have this physical frail side. So, you know, I've talked on Facebook about um, one-tenth of the planet being psychopaths. There's a lot of corruption and craziness, but it's important we speak in truth. So, you know, that's what I do. Um, You know, another thing that's kind of never, ever happened to me before. Um, on, I'm trying to remember exactly what day it was, yeah, Sunday, um, my sunglasses that I usually put in one spot mysteriously disappeared. And then the next day I bought another pair of sunglasses and I put them in the same spot and they mysteriously disappeared. So we could, we have to look at these different things that are going on and what, what do they mean around us. You know, I, I've never lost sunglasses. I've I've mislaid them, but I've never lost them before. And back-to-back back like that. Um, it means that, you know, going beyond, you know, the shade shading of light and opening up, I believe that that's what it was telling me, like, to look beyond what you have in front of you. Okay? So, when we talk about this underworld energy things that, you know, we may not see around us, but to be aware of. And, you know, England, um, for some reason, you know, they've been working at this for a long time and um, not wanting fracking and different things. And, um, you know, Iceland has gone against the banking system. So these, these are times when um, we start to see things. You know, I talked, you know, about how you know the different chakras have opened up and humanity is cluing into things and in they're awakening. So you know, and then another thing is is the disappointment: what we thought was really going to happen, and what we want to happen, wasn't happening. So it's like, um, what can we do to make those things happen? Because nine of out of ten of us, you know and of humanity are people that do care about other people they may not show it at times um so it's about the pain and looking at the pain we have within it, ourselves because we really don't have to hold that in the healing of life and you know getting help from each other we're moving from you know humanity's moving into the fourth dimension and going into the fifth dimension um, and this is a union of more connectiveness, interdependency, and finding our family. So, you know, uh, I want to talk about a situation when I was at my daughter's house with the dog and what happened with the dog, sort of like connecting, but from a kind of telepathic kind of uh, communication. And I, I, once I finish, you know, kind of doing this intro, I'll talk about that. Um we have to feel this support and, you know, feel it on every level, you know, um, financially, uh, in relationships, on a physical level, you know, and on a spiritual level. And we need to trust each other and to come into this knowing and to connect. Um, but, you know, also this Virgo energy can mean a crisis, but we can grow from these crises crisis periods of time, okay? So, we need more from each other and we have to realize we're not alone. I I woke up this morning and for you know some reason I was seeing this island and you know, you've heard the expression man is not an island. We're not meant to be alone because otherwise God wouldn't have created a whole bunch of people, right? So, we're not meant to be alone and we're we're here to help each other, so you know it's funny too. you know, I was talking about these glasses and them disappearing and stuff like that. There's also been a lot of things about roses that has come up in my life, and rubies and um things about ghosts, you know like i've ghosts are old things that linger on, and there's things that we have to let go of. And eyeglasses are something old. You know, I had the really old pair of uh, sunglasses that left, and I got some new ones, and that even left. So we're going even beyond the new. So um, that's what I see it as. And I continue to do the prayers of light for humanity, to take them from fear into love. And it's going on 500 days, so July the 13th, I believe. So it's... Uh, the 195th day of the year in the 29th week. And um, it's the third quarter, I believe, and this is a, loop, a leap year. Oh, also, you know, I was saying about rubies, I've been, a lot of things have happened, and I seem to be buying red things lately, which I never do. Um, so it's all about looking at something and seeing the focal point, not being distraught, and um, people, when they be able to do that, they intuitively know where to look and see, they go into the light and they awaken, okay this Bell X um, situation where uh, Britain's moved from the EU, you know, is part of this, okay so humanity is moving more into the light, and becoming more electric, becoming more what they should experience and so now that we know what we're entitled to you know we're going to go do more of that um i wanted to talk about this chaga tea and um it has so uh, many many different benefits and uh let's just see i have like um There's very, I have found this kind of an interesting site. It's uh, www.chatea.org. C-H-A-T-E-A.org. So, humanity is, you know, I'm using this as a totem, okay? Humanity is going through a really unexpected healing. It's, It's happening quicker now, okay? So this, source of healing, this Chaga tea, comes from an unexpected source, okay? In recent years, herbal tea has been seen a resurgence of popularity as people have taken new interest in countless benefits herbal teas have to offer. And of the many teas that have begun to receive attention, one of the more peculiar options is Chaga mushroom tea, unique in the mushroom kingdom. Chaga mushrooms grow almost exclusively on birch trees and resemble a large Growth of burnt bark. So you do find it in Canada. It's up in the northern regions and in, you know, Russia and Siberia. So those are the main sources of it, okay? I know they um, farm it in Canada, up in the north, you know, northern regions. So yet, in spite of its strange appearance, this mushroom has been hailed through Europe and Asia as a gift of God for its dramatic and powerful restorative abilities first used as a folk medicine in the 16th century, Siberia, and possibly earlier. Modern research is now beginning to validate many of the Chaga tea's historic uses and with high nutrition and antioxidant levels, Chaga tea offers benefits for nearly everyone. So it's rich in minerals and vitamins and antioxidants. Okay. So one of its most impressive Qualities is its high level of antioxidants, along with a variety of vitamins and minerals. And it's listed as one of the top antioxidant foods currently known. So it's even more, um, has more antioxidant capability or qualities or whatever you want to, however you want to say it, um, than you know, blueberries, red beans, and even rival potency Spices like turmeric, cinnamon, and clove. I've been getting a lot of things about cinnamon too lately too. So maybe I, I will talk about that another time. This high antioxidant content helps protect the cells from damage caused. And I have talked about turmeric and cloves. It's caused by free radicals, especially within the cardiovascular system. So the chaga mushrooms are also abundant with vitamins including vitamin k vitamin d and several b vitamins so i've been talking also about vitamin k and the foods that were high in vitamin k right recently so you know please go back and i i believe i did a couple shows in may and um this is the second show that i've done in june so uh there was a time where i didn't do shows for about two and a half months and uh doing them again since I came back from the Bahamas I was doing energy work there its mineral content also includes such important nutritional vitamins as calcium, iron and manganese which you know, are important while all important and highly useful these constituents represent only a fraction of the the Chaga tea's impressive healing okay so it strengthens the immune defense, so that's, that's important. So excellent nutritional con- constituents is only part of the many positive um, effects and that Chegatee has to offer the immune system. Not only does it provide nourishment for various elements of the immune system, but it also acts as a natural antimicrobial, able to effectively combat numerous bacteria, viruses, fungi, even some parasitic worms. The polysaccharides found in Chaga are also useful for promoting the production of white blood cells, bolstering the body's defense against invading pathogens, and anti-inflammatory and antipyretic properties help to regulate immune response by leaving severe inflammation and high fevers. You know, I've been talking about this gin Fire energy, um, and today is kind of the day where. It shifts so you know a lot of that fire energy is balancing you know the water energy the Neptune energy so this anti-inflammatory you know the changa is important I think that's why I'm talking about it today okay because it's important because of what it does but also because it fights the fire and it has anti-cancer activity You know, I have a friend that has cancer and he has so many people telling him what they should do and how he should do it. and You know, and I guess it's kind of frustrating, you know, because there's so many things out there. But, you know, he's choosing to take the surgical option because of how, you know, aggressive the cancer is and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's important that the immune system gets followed up with because, you know, I would be doing everything possible to keep my immune system as active because, you know, having aggressive surgery and chemo and that sort of thing uh, affects the immune system. So it just says here, uh, perhaps the most remarkable of all Chaga tea's impressive properties the effect on cancer. Studies have shown that drinking Chaga tea offers not only protective effect against cancers but may help to combat tumors. You know, Essiac does that too. It's like a herbal tea that the Algonquin Indians in Ontario used and people have used too. But anyway, getting back to Chaga, it's in such studies it's found that the betulinic acid, B-E-T-U-L-I-N-I-C, the primary um, constituent in Chaga, the number is uh, phyto Sterols may directly eliminate cancer cells. However, it is not yet known how it accomplishes this. So they haven't figured it out yet, but they know it does it. And it, it's, it has this immune-boosting effect. And it helps the body equip itself to defend itself against the cancer cells. So I guess, you know, it, it helps boost the T-cells. Furthermore, and then what do they call those, uh, the phagocytes. Um, furthermore, Chega tea has demonstrated a significant effect in helping to overcome the unpleasant side effects of cancer, cancer treatment like uh, chemotherapy, so, you know, you can get pretty sick from that. So it's nice to know there's something that helps with that, too. Uh, I know that you can cook the tea and steep it. You have to steep it longer than a lot of teas, and I'll let you look at that up at that part if you're interested. in it Because if you're in, interested in it, it's, I know there's somebody that I'm directing this at because it, I, it just showed up. It's been showing up everywhere. So it's not just for me, you know. So bottle it and actually keep it in your fridge for a couple of weeks too if you make a big batch of it. Because some people actually make do it in a slow cooker and steep it. You know, they say up to 8 hours but if you do it for that long you can't reuse you know if you have chunks of it right but if you have the tea bag i think you can use it a few times like 3 to 5 times anyway it says here sorry about the sniffles um to immerse one tea bag in hot water for a period of of 10 to 15 minutes generally Chaga tea offers an appealing, earthy taste. And, it's, and it says on the package that it has a vanilla undertones, okay? I guess when you have the actual real vanilla, it's kind of a woody thing too, right? It should be noted that the taste is also affected by the water. So they suggest you use filtered water to have better quality. It can be consumed as is or accented with sugar, honey. And honey is also high in antioxidants and it has peroxide. So I know people that actually highlight their hair with honey and they use cinnamon too because cinnamon is high in um, peroxide. Okay. It is recommended to consult with a doctor prior to drinking and I think olive oil does too. Uh, So if you're pregnant or lactating or doing anything like that, you should consult with a doctor or naturopath. Um, Research continues to investigate the even greater possibilities provided by this remarkable herbal tea. While we do not yet understand everything about the workings of this marvelous mushroom, it cannot be denied that Chaga tea has much to offer those who are willing to give it a try. You know, there are many miraculous things out there and we just have to investigate them you know that god has given us you know they talk about the jinn being the invisible ones and kind of hang out in deserts they don't like the cold okay so you know things since we have been we've gone through that um those two full moons in sagittarius and we had those um you know the the eclipses that happened in March thing more things have opened up to us those are just representative of things that we're opening up to, so we're seeing greater possibilities in things around us like maybe before you wouldn't have cared less about those things or even noticed them around you, but they have been presented and keep being presented to me, so I know that they're important and it has, you know, like the jinn stuff, J I N N. They're beings that were created before humanity. And, um, you know, the originals were created, the angelic beings were created, the God beings were created, the jinns were created, humanity was created, and a few other beings have been created. And then I believe the um, Octorians are children of the the, the original ones. And all other beings and aliens are actually children of, of humanity, so so if you're I would suggest if you're having any issues with your immune system, and it could happen because you're doing a lot of karmic clearing, when that comes out of your system, it agitates and is toxic to the cells, right, unless you're doing it and, and doing a lot of clearing and doing a lot of uh, detoxification. Like right now, my son and I have been doing uh, some clearing and detoxification and all those different things. So this is a time where humanity is purging and clearing. This tea is going to help with that. Also, with a lot of that clearing and the purging, uh, unfortunately, cancer happens you know, um, or if people aren't releasing a lot of that karmic stuff, it stays there on a cellular level, so it's important that we just let it go, okay, but anyway, the tea helps detoxify, the tea helps with the immune system, it helps the body be able to do things that if it has a compromised uh, system, it helps kind of boost, it's like a booster shot, you know, but we don't want to have booster shots, but it's like getting an infusion and getting an, a top-up. You know, I know that my energy is this type of energy where it I have loads of energy, and it gets used up, and I try to use it up. Before, I didn't use it, and I realized that's why I was tired all the time. So if I understand my life pattern, my energy pattern, you know our bodies function better. So I'm um, a manifester, but I'm also a generator and a projector. So I, I have a, have it all. Anyway, getting back to this, it's an unusual tea. These are unusual times. Not as well known as some of the more common herbal teas. It may be difficult to find in a local retail. So basically, you know, what I've had... Is everywhere I go, it's, it's showing up. And I'm going to little towns, uh, holes in the walls, and I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is something that's important to humanity right now because I keep seeing it, okay? Most likely your best option would be to order it online. So that's what they're saying here. But I'm seeing it everywhere, so don't be surprised if it's in your health food store. Since uh, Chegg is unique mixture of beneficial uh, can constituents can only find in mushrooms that have grown in the wild it is essential that you find a company that offers wildcraft or wild harvested chega so that you know you want to get the benefits and and from an area that's not toxic or has a lot of chemical stuff you know around so they they have recommendations here. I'm not going to advertise for this company. So if you you, you want to come and read this article, it's www.changatea.org. Okay, you can look and make your decision. So it's sustainably uh, wild harvest. Most of teas is a certified organic, and all the tea bags are bleach free. So you know, so it's important to know those things. They have a whole bunch of different articles on it, and they say drink it for your immune system. The antioxidant power of Chaga tea, they talk about that. The importance of different types of Chaga tea, the wild ones, you know, the wildcraft ones, finding them in the wild and harvesting them and using that type. And the Chaga mushroom tea effect to cancer and the chemistry of the Chaga tea in combat stress. Make a cup of chaga tea for healthy skin. So it, it really helps with the skin, too. And the health benefits of it all, you know. So, it tastes good. I, I've i had some of it just recently. And I don't put sugar or anything in it. It it has a nice taste to it. Um, you know, some people don't like earthy tastes. You know, it's it's got a bit of an earthy taste. So, it's harvested in the late fall in cold climates. Once the sap runs in the spring, you're not able to harvest without killing the trees. So, you know, you got to keep the tree alive, too. So it's black on the outside. It looks burnt, okay? You might look and think, oh, my God, that birch tree looks like it something got burnt on it, what it is. And it has, um, it's very orange inside, and it's like um, woody, and it crumbles, you know? So, so it it it's beneficial for all, all over health. Okay, it promotes healthy digestion, liver function, immunity, and more. And so it helps in the natural support in fight. Um, it says here I, I I like to use the word balance better than fight cancer. Um, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and special compound called. Bet Lewin, or only a few, you know, so it's pretty cool stuff. I'm suggesting that people give it a shot, especially if your your immune system's compromised, okay. I going to read an article that came it's an old article, okay, but it it's pertinent to what is happening now, and uh, what I was talking about earlier um, the Jupiter North Node, and the Moon. Okay, and Virgo, and but it's in Neptune now, so it's from an article um, called um, "Jupiter Prescription and Virgo in the North Node." So it, we were talking about a herbal remedy, okay, that is like a prescription, a whole bunch of different things to help, up with a whole bunch of, and it, but it's natural, okay. So, I see this Jupiter north node in the moon in Virgo as very healing time. Okay. I just want to read this. This is, has to do with what happened last year and what went into this year. Uh, <clears throat> so, is Jupiter in Virgo is closing on a conjunction with the north node, activating north node potentials? And at this time, it was 22 degrees Virgo. So, about Virgo, it grabs your attention. It has something to do with details. So, humanity is looking at things and seeing the details, the secret stuff that they couldn't see before. Like I was talking about the gins, We may have not noticed them before. This gin energy. They're making themselves known to me all over the place. Okay? And that may be another story. Uh, I I know that I, <laughs> I will probably not talk about it today. Okay? So, it has to do with details, analysis, improvements, even criticism. And Jupiter could make a flaw super obvious. You know, we're starting to see and really look. You know, I've seen it and a lot of other people have seen it but most of humanity haven't seen it. The flaws in our leaders and why didn't we see this before you know like presidents who have raped people and people that have killed put hits on people and it's really atrocious but you know there there's a big flaw in the system okay but the jupiter make a, a super flaw obvious but that required corrections will open the door to something better so this is what's happening now you know And what we see around us is really a reflection of what's going on within us. So somehow, you know, we've unlocked, our humanity has unlocked a lot of these things that have made them blind or have made them asleep, and it's being mirrored around them. The Pisces-Virgo nodule axis is about taking what's elusive or unreal, Pisces, and we're leaving the Pisces, and defining it in the Virgo. So, Jupiter will give you more of this, enough information to do this. So, this is rubyslipper.ca forward slash ruby slipper astrology 2015, the 12th, Jupiter, prescription in Virgo in the north node of the craft person's door. So, we're unlocking doors. You know, the divine energy, when the beings here that are have. Ulterior motives for humanity and for other things have tried to open up, you know, gateways to lower realms to divine slamming these doors. But when those doors get slammed, other doorways open and they open up within humanity, okay? So the required corrections or adjustments that are going on within humanity's energy field are opening the door to something better. Or something that is allowing them to see things around them. And this is going to help humanity. And it's allowing them to go into this Aquarian age. It has to do with energy expansion, okay? So, what we have had, or what humanity has had, that has not opened their eyes, is opening their eyes now. You know, I was talking about losing those glasses I I don't believe I lost them. I just feel they just left because I really had to look at that. Just like these, you know, three weeks ago I talked about these bites that showed up in my spleen area because I had to talk about the spleen and, you know, the area on my upper leg. So when you are a mirror and a template for energy like I am and an energy worker, these things show up okay so you know they talk about well this has been going on recently okay but it also went on in january so it says um the nose will also be um prescription prescription okay so we've 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 this um Chagati is like a prescription. This north node, Jupiter north node with the moon and Virgo and Neptune is a prescription too. So, uh, you know, just go and look at this article. Jupiter will station direct on May the 9th, 2016 at 13 degrees Virgo, which means 23 to 13 degrees of the mutable and earth signs will be impacted most strongly by this prescription. And you'll you'll be receiving extended Jupiter influence. Humanity is making some big changes. Jupiter will conjoin the Virgo North m- m- node again on June the 20th, 2016 at 15 degrees. So isn't that about the time that Britain did its number and said no more? So just to just to let you know, you know, the, these things are reflected around us. I want to just go to see if anybody has in, any questions in... Uh, it doesn't look like diana has called in oh well so we're going through a purge and this purge is changing a lot of energy within humanity but we're also being granted a time where there's a lot of healing because we've done this purging okay um That full moon in Sagittarius, the second one, that is really interesting energy, too. I'm just seeing if I can find something written on that because I I don't know if I talked about it that much. It happened June the 20th, too, so a lot of stuff was going on. And then today we're going out of Mars retrograde, too, so there's a lot of heavy duty, deep, you know digging in energy and looking at stuff and so humanity went and looked at some really difficult painful things and i've had a lot of people on my wall on facebook talk about these things and i've talked about it um so what basically humanity is doing is um and i maybe i can use it, the scenario of you know, they had this article and they were showing Britain as being like a newborn baby. And I was saying that, you know, a newborn baby is change or is, you know. And somebody said, well, a newborn baby doesn't mind the change. So taking on this childlike innocence, but at the same time, we're opening ourselves up to source and we're more trusting. So, you know, I gave away or those glasses. I released them, I guess, and then I had new glasses. And we were going even beyond the new glasses. We're we're not seeing, the, the new ones I got had rose were rose colored glasses. Okay, humanity is not to look through rose colored glasses anymore. So, so we're, basically, this all these Sagittarius full moons and all the different configurations of planets and different things and Venus even hiding right now and going deep you know being somewhere that we have to go look for it it is allowing us to go deep and look at the pain and release it and release a lot of this stuff so we're we're looking at things in a different way and it start things around us start to make more sense even though they seem like, holy crow, like, this is really crazy. You know, I was talking to somebody, and she does radio and and that sort of thing, and she's going like, I had no idea all this was going on, but it's like taking those blinkers off, or those rose-colored glasses even, and you're seeing what's going on around you, and it starts to make sense why all this wacko stuff is happening, and why these people are doing it, but it doesn't really make sense why they're doing it. Okay? So there's nine out of ten of us, and there's one out of ten of them. So they're running scared right now. We strive to assess the situation, assess out the truth of the matter, attempting to shift back from fantasy and wisdom from whimsy. Okay? So this full moon in Sagittarius that we just had on the 20th, you know, because I haven't done the show for three weeks, I'm talking about it. And... um I also talked on Facebook recently and this is amazing because I'm just looking at this now for the first time is that we have to hold ourselves accountable and look at our stuff and not direct blame outside of ourselves, okay? But humanity has been doing that, you know, not looking within themselves and these beings or people who have tried to control humanity are using humanity and putting blame around them. So... You know, with all this stuff about, and people call it false flags with all these situations that are happening, whether they are or not, they're trying to put the blame and use people as scapegoats, and Trump is one of them, okay? I believe they even got, they tried to kill him in Vegas, so this is what I've heard. But it wasn't brought out on the news too much, but somebody saw, somebody try to go for uh, a police officer's, unbridled gun and um, so they, they stopped him but this person I believe acted innocent and like acted like a wacko but this energy, so what I'm trying to say to you, this energy that seems crazy and has an agenda, okay and it's important that we look within ourselves and we look at the things that we don't like about ourselves and we hold ourselves accountable and we don't go outside of ourselves to blame because we're going to perpetuate this energy okay so anyway it goes on to say here who is wrong and who is right, whose hand is to hold in sympathy and who we should distance ourselves from well right now it's better to put yourselves around like minded people but sometimes we can't always do that right so all of this comes from a need to rise above painful experiences and feelings and all these planets are aligned like that to allow humanity to do it, it's a reflection of what's going on within humanity and with their expanded energy, especially those that compel us to question what we believe about life and how best to live. Sometimes it is evoked by disillusionment or disappointment. And sometimes by change or loss. You know, right now humanity's got to look at things and see themselves as being changed. You know, as, as changing because we have to change a lot that's going on here but if we do it from you know the child it's a lot easier and then we can release a lot of that stuff so they go on to say this is usually triggered by something that jolts us out of our business as usual walk through life so you know we're trudging along with blinkers on not seeing what's going on around us just kind of focusing i have a friend that Every day, or whenever I talk to him, I always say, how was your day, or how are you doing? And he always says, I'm tired. And he doesn't notice anything around him. So, you know, a lot of people are like that. You know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's just a type of consciousness. So what is triggered? What triggers and what is triggering humanity? Well, it's release of that energy and expansion of our energy within ourselves. It's like when you have something like baking soda and vinegar, you put it in a uh, container. If you don't have, if you have a, excuse me, a lid on it that's not done tight, it kind of blows, right? So when we're releasing a lot of this energy and our energy field's expanding, it's bound to release stuff, okay? And in a way, it, it opens, awakens. It's like, boom, you know, like in, in your, your eyes are opened. You've lost those rose colored glasses. What works in the past doesn't work anymore. So, whether maybe it never did, that gin energy and certain types of energy make you not see what's going on around you. You know, a lot of people don't realize. That, you know, they talk about reptilian energy and this lizard energy. And what if it wasn't that at all? What if it was gin energy? Okay. Because there's different types of gins. And, you know, maybe in another show I'll talk about that. So what worked in the past doesn't work anymore. Or what we thought didn't work. Or what we were led to believe works. We're coming out of that. We're seeing beyond that. We can no longer fly on automatic pilot. You know, I was out with somebody one day, and uh, she was driving, and all all of a sudden she people were passing her. She goes, oh, I forgot that I, I'm i on automatic pilot. Well, everybody starts going past you. You cannot fly. You cannot keep up and, and do what you have to do if you're on automatic, you know, pilot. So, flitting from moment to moment and blurting out implications of our experience and choices, okay? So, the Sagittarius full moon presents an opportunity us to take another step on the journey of expanding our perspective to greater meaning in our lives. So, it's, you know, I've talked about opening up the throat chakra and up being, opening up the higher chakras, being able to see things. You know, once we open up our truth, the throat, and we open up the higher chakras, it's about the quest for wisdom and truth okay and Sagittarius that's what it's basically about it's a teacher whether it can be found so in the search for understanding meaning and knowledge that helps us determine our how best to live our lives and how to work together this is that energy you know i was talking about earlier like we're going beyond the self we're going into the cosmic consciousness we are all connected we're aware of our connectiveness and being part of the one so, we reach for priorities and ethics that will guide us in this direction. You know, I think I talked on the last show I did about um ethics and things like that, and things that people were sharing with me that were like, "Whoa, you know like and especially very sexual things um, recently, this kind of gin energy which is very sexual, masculine energy, was throwing itself kind of in that direction, you know, within humanity. And it was important to see past that, okay? Um, And keep our integrity. And to integrate these qualities into our lives because we are light beings and beings of light, which um, we live through our hearts and love people around us, you know. But we we don't, you know, get bullied or anything like that also, but we have love for other people and concern about other people. But now humanity is aware of these beings and what are they, they're doing and what they have been infiltrating, basically because they're afraid. They thought if they could control humanity, You know, when humanity shifts, they don't have to worry, but they should have done the opposite. They shouldn't have tried to control what was, or stop humanity from expanding, because, you know, humanity got dragged down into the underworld, um, and these beings have tried to, you know, use and take energy from humanity. So Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, whose expansive nature reflects the ways that our understanding, insight, and philosophy are ever-growing. One insight leads to another. Questions lead to answers and then to more questions. What begins as a primal curiosity, an archetypical Gemini, okay? So this Gemini energy becomes an exploration of all what means in the opposite signs, Sagittarius. So it's all about balance. And it's all about opening and looking at that expansive nature because we are expanding. So this leads to understanding, insight, and knowing. And we see around us and we say, whoa, I don't like what's going on there. Like, how come that happened and I didn't see it? Well, it's that gin energy sneaking up, the unseen energy, the sneaky energy, okay? Okay. The game energy. So the, this full moon draws both Gemini and Sagittarius. These are positions of sun and moon, respectively. I'm just going to get a drink of water. <clears throat> sorry. So it's about the balance. It's about, you know, that feminine and masculine energy balance. But also, you know, there's tension be- between the opposition and the focus of the Gemini and the Jupiter energy, too. It leads to the focus of the Sagittarius meaning and finding that meaning in all information. Okay. So it's about the truth and the wisdom. So we're balancing energy. We're finding our truth and wisdom and we're expanding our understanding. And we're going into an interchange phase um, with other people that lays beyond, beyond the individual self. Okay. So what can you do? To go beyond yourself. Have you been isolating yourself. To try to. Understand that energy. Or to. To keep away from other people. What. Is important right now. What is important to you. You know. um, Are you ready. Are you ready to go. Beyond what you've experienced here. Do you want to change things. Do you want to see things in another light. Do you want to. You know. Like. Jump on the bandwagon for that Sagittarius energy. And to, you know, we've gone through the deep part already. You know, that Scorpion energy that I, Scorpio energy that I've talked about. I think it's time. I think humanity is ready, you know. They've been building up to it, and now's the time. So let's take that leap, you know. Jump, jump in the water, the Neptune energy. You know. When I was in Cuba, a little bit about it before I was in Cuba in September, um, there were gateways that were being shut there. And I was there doing the energy to prepare for it. And I saw, you know, a lot of that God energy um, and the energy that they were trying to bring back with, you know, in Switzerland, with, uh, you know, in zern thing and but we won't go into it but it was closed okay so and that type of energy is controlling energy too so if humanity doesn't have that firing at them and they have that connectiveness energy so that t-square sun moon and chiron energy so chiron squares the the sun moon opposition forming a t-square so I, I talked a little bit about the square three weeks ago that we were experiencing back then. So this is another immutable T square and yes the other one, the Jupiter, Saturn, Neptune is still with us too. So I think that's the one I talked about before. So Chiron is in Pisces. So we're we're leaving Pisces. We're we're still in Pisces, but we're going into the Aquarian. You know, and it has to do with electricity and um, technical things, the various energy. So, but the Pisces energy was type of energy that, um, you know, goes deep. And so, anyway, they talk here, the Chiron energy is healing energy. And the Pisces energy has been the energy that is, Kind of kept humanity in a in a certain way, right? And maybe it hasn't been the best, but it's been a way of learning. You know, sometimes we have to learn what we don't want, okay? And I think humanity went through that. So it's it it, it this sign leads to deep spiritual healing that involves finding peace with the challenges of life and universe. So you know, we're in a physical realm. We don't get rid of them because we are in this physical realm, but we're learning to release and not carry that pain, okay? With our energy expanded, we're not holding pain on a cellular level anymore. I don't know if humanity realizes that. And I I, I said on Facebook, I said, what would happen if suddenly everybody let off that pain? And somebody said, well, there'd be a, you know, like a big bomb would go, boof. Um, I think humanity's chose to do it uh, in a way you know that is not going to cause another big bang but you never know it may happen and um i also had another friend say to me you know just let everything go and change the system so i've been praying that and for quite a well a couple months now and especially over the last two weeks to change the system to not have what we have, okay, and then suddenly it's really shifting, so a lot of us are doing that, a lot of the light beings are doing that, and we have to be prepared to be open to those changes, okay, the Chiron, Sun, Moon, T-square suggests we are engaged in a struggle to find a brighter truth, a higher love and a greater sense of peace amid the misfortunes of life, so we're looking. We're we're going on that inner journey, you know, which I talk about on, you know, fifth dimensional radio all the time. We are challenged to find a better way of dealing with what we find intolerable. So, you know, this GU stuff has it, actually made things worse for people. So, you know, Britain said we're not gonna. We don't like what's going on. We're going to vote for to get out of it. And now I believe a lot of other countries are going to be getting out of it. So when seized by ongoing struggles, Chiron's lesson is to start with what you can do to lessen it. So what can we do? To get out of that global, you know, ding-dong system that's been created by people that don't care about humanity, okay? We need to look at things that are going to help, not make things worse, okay? And make a few people benefit. So it's to start with what you can do to lessen it, and then you need to find a way to deal with whatever's left over. You know, it's not as easy as it sounds, and it doesn't sound easy, and, you know, a lot of people have been going through a lot, and they feel it on a physical level. So if you can let the pain of it overtake you, you can't function, okay? Okay. And if you pretend the pain isn't there, it tends to get deflected, you know. Some people will put blame on other people, so they don't want to deal with their stuff, so they'll kind of project it onto you. And I've had a lot of people do that. So you might become grouchy or disproportionately angry about a situation, blaming someone else for your pain when they have little or nothing to do with it, or you may numb yourself, so, you know, with addictions, like painkillers, medication, alcohol, I know somebody was taking 15 different medications, and they didn't need any of them. And they were like, and I said, why do you think you were taking that? And this is because I didn't want to deal with all the stuff that I couldn't deal with. But, you know, humanity has to be able to be ready to deal with this. Okay, so basically, if you're trying to numb yourself, you could do more damage, Okay. And that's smoking pot, too. You know, people say there's medicinal things in pot, but it it also can be a way of escaping reality, too. So in mythology, Chiron, the center, had a painful wound that wouldn't heal, yet it was determined to deal with the pain while continuing to function. He taught astrology and healing arts. He deflected in a positive way. So maybe it would have been better if he had tried to heal himself, and he, he eventually did, but... By trying to heal other people. You know, that's what humanity is doing right now. They're healing themselves and they're healing each other. And they're opening up themselves. It's important we don't lose, lose touch with our body or get distressed. Okay? When we look at things and we face them, when we do it in a way is loving within ourselves, we open our hearts, our upper hearts. It allows us to do this. So... You know, in a way, Chiron is upper heart energy. So to carry the weight without being flattened by it, yet without disconnecting from either. It's all about balancing right now. So I think humanity is learning to be able to do that because they're also balancing energy at the same time. It's like juggling eight balls all at the same time, but you're doing it, okay? It's not the easiest job description they say here in the world, but undertaking This evolving process, which it is an evolutionary process, because humanity is actually re-evolving. They're not evolving, per se, because they've already been there and done that. They're just going back. They forgot. So you can ultimately enable yourself to do more with your life. You can become more productive. You may learn not to become vanquished by struggle, unable to function. No, I have this friend who's like, oh, most people would die if they did what I did in two weeks. And I felt like saying, well, try adding that five times and doing it. And then having five court cases simultaneously and, and moving and packing with nobody helping you. Been there, done that, okay? so But I didn't say anything because everybody who is in that state and is just starting to release doesn't only sees themselves as having the pain they don't see that hey maybe other people have gone through it too but you learn and you you stop finding relief from pain that creates problems in areas of your life you know sometimes people keep putting themselves in situations and they think oh why do i keep you know hanging out with alcoholics or why do i am i in a relationship where i get beaten and stuff like that it's because they're in a pattern, karmic pattern maybe, but also because they don't have to deal with their problems. If you create problems outside of yourself, you don't have to deal with your problems inside, okay? You're going to have problems everywhere. Or, you know, energetic, emotional energy. So when we release this karmic energy at a physical level, you know, we have to do it with balance. Otherwise, you become sick, you know, because... facing all this stuff is really traumatic okay but if you know what's going on and you're able to look at it in that way and see it like use a what do you call it a project projecture and projection screen and see yourself on that and don't see you know like you know it's you and your relationships are that way you know remove yourself from those relationships and and really look at what you're doing you know, humanity is saying, "Oh, we were doing this and this and this," and Britain was saying, "Well, we were in the European Union." Excuse me. And it's um, when I talk in truth, sometimes a, a lot of um, energy is in my throat. Okay, so it 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 kind of bubbles up sometimes. Um, well, we 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 have to go there okay so they're saying oh this didn't work and this click 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 you know and we don't want to do this anymore and it's not helping us it's like not dealing with your crap because you're dealing with crap and it doesn't make any sense really does it when but it's like um you know somebody taking a whip to somebody and um then beating them again you know it it doesn't make any sense and so there's no need to beat yourself up. And, and and especially if you think it's taking longer than you hoped to do this, okay? So, like I said before, it takes a balancing act between soothing and suffering, optimism and frustration. But see, you know, you can visualize, you know, you can use the Chiron, the Centaur, as your healing mentor, and the Sagittarius energy as your healing mentor. And not go it alone or like diana was on the show three weeks ago and she did readings and stuff angel cards see the angelic beings as being there and helping you or source or god or wh- whatever you want to use so you don't have to beat yourself up you don't have to do it alone so it says here an example the chiron return happens around 51 and i went through that and I did a lot of healing then. And I'm going through my Saturn return in Sagittarius, which is going on right now. So I talked about that about a month ago. So if you want to go back and look at, listen to the old shows, um, that's how long it takes to complete one cycle of a Chiron learning process. And then you're at a major crossroads in the overall process. It doesn't happen overnight at each encounter with Chiron. Be it through transit in your own natal chart or what Chiron is doing, the skies for everyone offers another step in the journey, another opportunity to get more of a lesson. So Chiron, featuring so prominently in the full moon chart, now is one of those times. You know the mutable T square Jupiter, uh, Neptune, and Saturn. Think about it. There must be higher love down in the heart or hidden in the stars above. Without it, life is a waste of time. Look with it inside your heart. I'll look inside mine. You know, that Steve Winwood, Higher Love Song? Think about it. There must be a higher love down in the heart or hidden in the stars above. So what is reflected within us is reflected on the outside of us. Without it, life is a waste of time. Look within your heart. I'll look within mine. That's, you know, that Sagittarius energy. So what is Jupiter, Sagittarius, planetary ruler, doing in the middle of all this Existential angst. Well, let's. It is making its last three conjunctions with the North lunar mode. It says here January the 23rd, and I talked about a little bit in another article before January the 29th and June the 20th. So this has happened. Note that this is the true lunar node which fluctuates back and forth. It can differ from the mean lunar node by up to a few degrees. Jupiter only makes one conjunction to the mean n- node. June the 24th. So that's happened. So as a result, Jupiter's mission looms large in the magnifying glass of the north. So Jupiter has a lot of influence with this, okay? It's a big planet, right? It's the magnifying glass of the north lunar node. This puts even more emphasis on Jupiter's Sagittarian nature right now, the quest for truth. So, you know, I've been talking all this time for the past few years about truth and going in the inner journey to truth and knowing who we really are, okay? Humanity is taking baby steps, okay? But they took a giant leap and jumped into the big ocean, just like I did when I was in Cuba, with that energy. The passion for exploration on all levels, expanding one's perspective to take in the big picture, and sir for optimal mortality and ethics and principles in which to guide our lives you know recently this person kept wanting to connect with me but it was in a very sexual way and you know i'm not saying i'm you know judging or anything like that but it's not our mission here to be that for people you know Jupiter energy is a magnifying glass. It's intensifying the Sagittarian energy. So we're searching for optimal morality, ethics, and principles in which to guide our lives. You know, some people haven't lived that way. You know, higher love. You know, Steve Winwood talks about higher love. It, it, it doesn't mean it's not sexual, but it means that it's respectful, loving, and loves in the most positive beautiful way and that's what type of love and who we are okay jupiter and the node oppose neptune which in itself is four degrees away from the south node neptune shares jupiter's rulership of pisces where neptune currently resides so you know this neptune energy is um kind of cleansing that um pisces energy as it's being shifted right because we're going from the Pisces age into the Aquarian age. But I think I talked on another show about Pegasus. We're kind of flying there. We're not tiptoeing through the tulips to get from one age to the other. We're flying on Pegasus, okay? We've opened up all these energy centers. So anyway, I've to- I talked about it on other shows. So the sign is associated with transcendence and compassion. So we're transcending this reality we're like i said going humanity is going from into the fourth and into the fifth dimension and beyond so as well as distortion and deception so we're looking and we're seeing through this distortion and deception so neptune projects a vision of life and what life can be okay so once you jump in that water you 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 know it's so cleansing You, you will see everything okay And it says it could be or might be unto the opalescent balloons of our imaginations. It's magical. You know, I was walking the other day, and I kind of looked up because the sun was starting to set. And I thought, wow, what a beautiful sunset. And all of a sudden, this big burst came out. It was like all those bubbles of light were flying everywhere. And it was like giant... um, dandelions shooting everywhere and it was flying everywhere like snow and i was like whoa this is i asked for a miracle of beauty and light and i sure got it and you know nobody else saw it but some people these people came along i i I drew them into my circle my eternal time circle and they saw the tail end of it and they're like they didn't even notice me okay because when i go into that time and I, and I, they're at the tail end, it, they don't see me. So meanwhile, Jupiter remains in the opposite sign, Virgo, where it must squeeze its embrace of all that is down into a specific thread that can pass through the eye of the needle. So, you know, we're going, and we're expanding, and we're looking at all this stuff, and at the same time, we have to go through this gateway that's like, you know, squeezing something really hard and, and trying to put it through a small opening. So, and it can be used to pop those balloons filled with unrealistic, wishful thinking. You know, maybe that's what I was doing, popping all those balloons when I saw those things. They were, And they became like, they went like balloons fly, flying into, you know, floaty things that were just, it was almost like something opened up and it flew into this reality and open something up i think that's what i was seeing but i see things you know a lot of people feel energy and i feel energy but i also see it and sometimes it's really incredible you know i wish other people could see what i see so saturn remains in a square aspect to both of them forming the mutable t square that has built millings in march and continues to play out until july having reached its tightest orb around you know, May the 26th, so that's the time when it was you know, the most intense. This T-square has wrecked, wreaked havoc with this uh, stability, predictability, and security in many lives during this time. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people either getting really sick or getting really angry, and, and then big changes coming, okay? So it's important to see through this time. You know, and give yourself a break. So many of these stories and current events seem to persistently worsen in the game of one down ship. A contest of who can shock, out-horrify, vilify other people in events, you know, with all these shooting things and ISIS crap and all that other stuff. This has led to wildly swinging emotions and passions. So we have to see through this, you know, because these could be false flags laid out, I'm not saying people didn't get shot, but it could have been created, you know, and and they have um, people that they've done things to that they're, you know, releasing energy. Why do you think they're sending all these people from the Middle East, you know, or implanting things? I'm not trying to, to sound paranoid or anything like that, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past these people to do that. So, it's led to wildly swinging emotions and passions. And it's important that, you know, we just keep our wits about us. And we need to manifest one's specific beliefs. Jupiter and Virgo competes with the longing to envision a better world that would guarantee peace. Neptune and Pisces, which in turn fight the ever tighter demands for predictable perfection. Saturn and Sagittarius, which I am part of that energy. So... The Grand Cross, Jupiter, Neptune, uh, uh, Saturn, and Mercury. If you don't get what you want, you suffer. If you get what you don't want, you suffer. Even when you get exactly what you want, you still suffer because you can't hold on to it forever. So the way we see things, you know, humanity has been in the pain body and they're leaving it behind. So the way they feel and see pain, they're going beyond it. So basically, we're going past those old glasses and throwing off the new glasses the you know the rose colored glasses and we're really looking at things so we're not um trying to block the sun out of our eyes anymore we're going past that headache so your mind is your predicament it wants to be free of change you know we should embrace change well when you're in fifth dimensional consciousness you do embrace change Free of pain, free of obligations of life and death, but change is law, and no amount of pretending can alter that reality. And that's Socrates that said this. So, all the new moon in Gemini, which was June the 4th, a skin-tight sun-moon-Venus conjunction, aligned with immutable T-square to form the fourth corner, tuning into grand cross. And I believe I did talk about that in the last show. Um, during the first week of June, this larger aspect pattern, takes the compulsive sprint of the teen square and gives it legs to run a long-distance marathon. So at the time of Gemini New Moon, the exosurge was provided by the Sun, Moon and Venus, which spoke to the need of caring communication aimed to soothe and create balance. So the cross is with us again at the full moon, but this time it is Mercury that fills the fourth corner of the grand square. This is about focusing our awareness and tuning into the thoughts and ideas that we really want to express, okay? And I have been expressing a lot and you know, some people are like shaking their heads. I'm talking about on Facebook and here too. It's also about listening to and what is going on around you literally and figuratively. So pay attention. You know? I I'm in the knowing. I have what I need to know come to me in the moment. And that's why I talk about things that I talk about in the moment. So the Mercury T-squares, Jupiter-Neptune 90 degrees, it's easy to get sidetracked by what could be or what might have been. So don't waste time thinking about those things. Just do it. Mercury's natural curiosity wants to veer off and explore the possibilities. And it was really funny. I did talk about it on, on last show where this person wanted to try every single possibility and I, my energy goes by all that and I see the final result. You know, like I'm clairvoyant, but I'm intuitive. I have a lot of gifts, okay? So my energy jumps ahead and sees all that. And the funny thing was, he rebelled against, he wanted all my suggestions. and He wanted all the possibilities. This isn't the job that I do. So I gave it all to him. And then he, did, he said, well, I don't like anything you, you've done after I've did it all, right? And I'm kind of chuckling to myself. I knew this was going to happen because I can see things, right? But it's part of the process that people have to go through. And But the funny thing is there was scratching on um, these cupboards that w- were being designed, and they had to go for the darker color I suggested with all the other things to begin with. So he said, basically, you got your own way, and I said, I just saw the final thing. So I see these final things with humanity. I see where they're headed. Okay, Saturn opposes Mercury, 180 degrees brings command for focus and goals. Being in Sagittarius, Saturn is an adverse to possibilities, potential, and speculation about the implications or meanings of it all. Saturn's primary concern is that you stay practical. Real, accurate, and honest. In other words, you know, it's the part of view that, you know, the timing part. Because we do f- live in a physical realm, even though we have the intuitive part. So, in other words, Saturn wants to make Mercury have a, a lifeline to find its way back to a well-beaten path. If he wanders off to follow his curiosity. So, I'm talking about finding, you know, a happy medium in between, you know. And not everybody needs to see and know and I have a a chakra open on the, that allows me to do that, to see the final possibility or the final end result, okay? People do have to go on all those different paths and look at those different things. So, you know, I, I, I get given these things and they happen around me and I'm like shaking my head and laughing. And, you know, and I, I know there's a reason why these things are happening and I read them, okay? And when they're, they're meant to be understood... I talk about them. So Jupiter, being the practical Earth sign of Virgo, is the most in agreement with Saturn. However, being a stressful square aspect, I'm gonna have another drink. Nine degrees to both Mercury and Saturn. His agenda is more about trying to achieve protection or perfection down in the finest detail. And I was seeing this. You know, sometimes people have to know all possibilities because they're detail orientated they have to know all the details you know and people like me i i I can do that but i don't need to do that okay so saturn is more concerned with the whole system be workable so i my saturn return is in sagittarius okay as long as the pieces fit together it's not concerned about the details bring in the vast sagittarius he's got bigger fish to fry so jupiter is so jealous so You know, I am the teacher, and I share what I, you know, see. So fast-moving Mercury lights up the fourth corner of the cross from June the 18th to 24th. This has already happened, and is closest from the 20th to the 22nd. So we're enjoying the increased flexibility and and the ability to create change that mutable energy brings, taking advantage while you can. So these gateways have all opened up. You know, I've talked about them. If it's driving you crazy, these things calm down in a few days, and there are other things that might continue to drive you nuts. But at least some of them have passed, you know, in a few days. So that full moon that I was talking about in Sagittarius number two, you know, Gilda Radner passed away. And, you know, they have Gilda House and all that support for people. This is what she said. I wanted a perfect ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems don't rhyme and some stories have, don't have clear meaning, beginning, middle, and end. Life is about knowing, having to change, taking the moment and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next. Delicious ambiguity. So that's what you do when you live in the moment, okay? And this is what this full moon has allowed us. The second one in Sagittarius has allowed us to open up that gateway. So... You won't need to look at all the possibilities. You'll say, hey, you know, we could go this way or we could go that way. Uh, we've already gone this way, you know, the European Union. And England went, we don't want to go that way. We're going to take the big jump and go the other way, you know. And they saw the what they wanted and went for it. It's jumping in, you know, that water. It's somehow fitting that the sign of Jupiter, famous for excesses, has not but two full moons this year, okay? The first one was on May 21st in the very early degree of Sagittarius. This is the one that the sign's last degree, you know, 29, two minutes or whatever. A double full moon in the same sign happens every two to three years and tends to happen a year that has a so-called blue moon. You know, I talked about that a few shows back. Well, this year was May 24th, using the original definition. In 30 days, we have come full circle from the beginning of the end of the Sagittarius. So, in the words of the Scarecrow and the Wizard of Oz, what have you learned, Dorothy? You know, what have we learned in this time? We learned that we don't have to look at every possibility. We can look at the best things and know where we can go you know i I was saying that we can see things as babies you know babies don't sit there and think oh i have like 20 possibilities they they just go for the first one right so that's what i'm basically trying to say we're fresh and we have this fresh energy and it's the divine feminine energy that's been balanced within humanity and this expansion In in this case, the early degrees were about learning to use the power of the mind to counterbalance and transform the intensity and the deep emotions of Scorpio into the hope, faith, and vision of Sagittarius. You know, I was talking about going into that deep emotional energy. And then, you know, this Sagittarius energy is really important. And I think that's why my Saturn return is so important. And this is, you know... My birthday was January 16th, and this is 2016. My balance year, my mirror reflection year, okay? Now we're facing an important leap across the world access. In other words, the sun is at the solstice, which we went through too. Cancer and Capricorn in the equinoxes, Libra and Aries, just 11 hours after this full moon. But I also want to say, um, the solstice, and the full moon kind of were really almost on top of each other. And the last time that this happened was in 1967. And it's funny because the last time there was a full moon on Christmas was in 1977. So it's like we're really going through a compacted, uh, consolidating year, you know. We're going into the really... Purification, healing, Chiron, Sagittarius teaching, learning. We're doing everything. We're going, you know, like woohoo! You know, humanity is is going through a great deal right now. So the full moon escorts us across the, the threshold from Gemini, Sagittarius to Capricorn, Cancer. With the sun and moon at the final degrees of Gemini-Sagittarius, we are in transition. Different people have different feelings about this, but on one hand, this is our last chance to finalize a vision before it's broadened to form. And I really do believe that. That's why I've been doing these um, prayers of light for humanity, to bring humanity from fear into love. And, you know, it's all happening. 500 days is happening around this time. know different people have different feelings about this like you know i I said just a couple of seconds ago because i really want to stress this but this person here believes that humanity is going to finalize a vision and manifest a different reality so If what is manifesting is something you're dreading rather than you're welcome, you may be looking for ways to put the brakes and delay the inevitable, or at least figure out the best way to project yourself from the difficulty of whatever comes next. So the thing is, um, you know, people have fears of the unknown, and especially these beings, because they've done so much to try to stop this. You know, it's a good thing. Remember that all of this is taking place in the context of Chiron squaring the full moon. Chiron's mission is to manage and grow from discomfort, struggle, and woundedness, you know? We talked about that, that he had a wound, and then he didn't let it stop him from teaching and healing people and humanity, right? So we're not going to stop healing ourselves, but we're going to manifest and and put forth what we want and direct it that way. We're not going to go in 20 different ways trying to think of all these different possibilities it's about being direct and going directly there. You know, like when you do play Monopoly, do not, you know, go straight to, but go straight to paradise or go straight to what will be the best possibility. You know, occasionally we go off this main pathway, but humanity is on this pathway and it's the best possible pathway and and humanity's still on it. So you may feel you have faith in the process and are anticipating that transition will lead to from a time of struggle into time of moving ahead in a way that's both hopeful and realistic. If nothing else, you're going to perhaps reassure yourself the world, worst will be soon be over. You know, I've heard people say, well, I think it's going to get worse. You know, we create this reality. We create what's around us. We have to look within us to see what is within us that we don't like that's going on in the outside, so we have to look at those things. And that's why humanity is looking at these things. They've tried to divert humanity, so humanity wouldn't do that, but humanity is doing it anyway. So this that full moon was important, okay? So anyway, they they have a bit more stuff, but if you want to go look at this again, it's called www.evolvingdoor.ca forward slash lowdowncurrent, and then lowdowncurrenthtm. You know, .htm. So it's called the Low Down on the Far Out Full Moon in Sagittarius, Number Two, June 2016. So anyway, I just see if anybody. You know what? It's really funny. Uh, it keeps saying that uh, somebody who's trying to enter the or the try to dial in, I guess. But if you're on Skype, I, I maybe you can't hear this or you can't get into the show, Diana. I'm really sorry. Um, But the Skype isn't working today. So if you go back and listen to this later, you know, um, I I bet you that's what's happening, you know. So there's always reasons for things happening, right? And sometimes you wonder. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some other things. Um, You know, I was talking about the Chagati, right? And we're going through a purification cleansing process, and humanity is, you know, expanding their energy and releasing a lot. But, um, you know, the Changa tea is really good. But also, there are benefits of green tea with rose. I keep seeing roses. And I've actually been eating roses. It's really good for the skin. You know, rose hips are especially good because they're really high in vitamin C. Um, green tea is made from the unfermented leaves of the Camellia senus shrub, Rose tea is made from either rose petals or rose hips to swollen seeds. Um, the green tea with rose is a combination of the green tea leaves and dry rose petals or hips. Both green tea and rose hips provide many health benefits. For centuries, green tea and rose have been used for therapeutic and medicinal benefits. Green tea with rose contains antioxidants, um, bioflavoids, All of a sudden, all these screens keep popping up. Vitamins and alkaloids. Together, they create a tea that delivers calming infection, fighting immune boosting and cleansing properties. You know, it's funny, too. um, You know, we're talking about all these different um, tea squares and squares and different things and things that are going on around us that reflect what's going on within us. But I really noticed the roses have been growing since this all has been going on. You know, the roses around us are really growing like weeds, okay? So I guess that's why I'm talking about it. Green tea has the highest concentrates of polyphenols, which are p- powerful antioxidants, according to the University of Maryland Medical Center. The World's Healthiest Foods website reports that green tea's highly potent antioxidants are created because of the poly polynutrient E-P-I-G-A-L-L-O-C-A-T-E-C-I-N-Gallate, Epilacacin, Gallate, or E-G-C-G, which is believed to be the reason for green tea's health benefits. Rose hips are full of vitamin C more than any citrus fruit, according to the Gayot website. The Rose magazine and the Health and Soul website say, Rose hips are high in vitamin C. -c So supposedly containing more than 60 oranges. Wow. So antioxidants have been shown to fight against free radicals, the, the proprietor of many infections, cancers, and diseases. So, you, you, you know, there's different articles here. It says rose uh, tea health benefits. What are the benefits of eating rose petals? Rose hip benefits and allergy to rose hips. So they have a bunch of... And then they have other articles, benefits of green tea, green tea for skin, green tea, weight loss. So it's good for weight loss and a bunch of other things, okay? A study published in February 2005 issue of the Journal of Nutrition found that through a series of experiments, green tea was shown too slow fat digestion and increased triglycerides in the blood, or decreased, sorry, triglycerides in the blood according to the World's Healthiest Website. So, you know, it has a lot of good qualities. Uh, Rose has soothing properties, easing anxiety and stress. So I've been taking green tea and putting rose with it, okay? I've been doing that a lot lately, and it wasn't because I read any articles. I just felt to do it. Often associated with heart disease, according to Rose magazine. So another study published in the 2000 issue, of the Archives of Internal Medicine, found a risk for hypertension increased 46 to 45% in those who drank, oolong or green tea as compared to those who did not drink tea at all. So, you know, I drink tea. According to the Harvard uh, Medical School's health publication, adding rose to green tea can help boost heart health. So that is pretty darn cool. Okay. And then bone health. According to Gayot website, rose hips help to reduce inflammation, stiffness, and pain in the joints. So, you know, with somebody who has fibromyalgia or lupus or any of those or, you know, rheumatoid arthritis. Green tea also reduces inflammation may help with arthritis by slowing cartilage breakdown, according to the University of Maryland uh, Center website. A study present at the International Osteoporosis Foundation, World Congress in Toronto, Canada, in 2006, and I went to that, found that drinking green tea increases bone mineral density. Another study published in 2000 issue... Our 2007 issue of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition found that bone bone mineral density was 2.8% greater in tea drinkers than non-tea drinkers. And I'm talking about people who drink like maybe two to three cups of tea a day, not people who drink like 20 cups of tea a day because you can't absorb food then, okay? Giving bone benefits similar to calcium or exercise according to the World's Healthiest uh, website, so... You may want to add rose uh, petals, rose hips, and green tea to your arsenal of, um, you know, herbs that you use beside the chaga. I've talked about a lot of other plants, even hollyhocks, have uh, help with inflammation. I, I usually talk about it when they start to bloom. I, I think God just gives us the things we need. To have when we need to have them they start blooming at those times i also have um, a bees nest under my step believe it or not so i have a lot of wild flowers around and i've been using those you know herbally too so di- rose tea has been used to flush the body of toxins fight bacteria in the digestive system help aid with diarrhea the rose petals may ha- help restore balance and digest and acting as a diuretic According to... Well, I found that it does that. According to the University of Maryland Medical Center, green tea may help with inflammatory bowel disease, such as Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. Green tea with rose gives the double benefit of fighting inflammation in the intestines and easing digestion. And some people have to take mint with it too, eh? So you may want to, you know... Put that in your arsenal of um, things that you think are important for your your diet, okay? I'm, I'm just going to check Blog Talk to see if anybody's called in. The number here is 646-200-4169. Um, I see that one person's listening in Um, that is on the chat, but the, I don't think the chat's working properly, too, unfortunately. I don't know what the heck. they They sent a notice saying all this stuff was wrong, and I thought, gee... You know, some days, um, which hasn't happened for a long time, I can't even use the chat or even, you know, get into the blog talk sometimes, but it just, that's just, you know, today. Um, let's see what else I can talk about. Um, the benefits of rose, roses, right? Um. There's so many different herbal things that can help. Oh, um, I guess last year Monsanto was ordered to pay 46.5 million in P.C.P. lawsuit and rare win for plaintiffs. So you know, all is not lost. You know, things are happening. Why well, talk about them today? You know, and and do it on the show. And, you know, I talk about taking vitamin K and eating things with vitamin K in them. The Chaga has vitamin K in it. And I should also speak out against aspartame. You know, they're they're not talking about what it really does. And Michael J. Fox used to drink a lot of diet soda. And he, you know, had, here he has Parkinson's, and he got it really young. There's an article... um, it's on World Truth TV, WorldTruth.tv. The reason why no one is talking about Michael J. Fox and finding a cure to Parkinson's disease. You know, I have friend friend that became diabetic, and he started drinking sugarless pop, and he had Parkinson's. So, it, you know, it kind of all is, you know, like domino effect. You know, tick tick tick. So anyway, they talk about, you know. The Marlboro Man got cancer, and he represents lung cancer. So, Michael, you know, he, anyway. It says, all the commercials were a huge success until all the actors began dying from lung cancer, all the Marlboro Men. The demise of the Marlboro Man was publicized heavily by the mainstream media because it's long been open season against tobacco products since it became illegal for tobacco companies to fund news shows. So basically what they're saying is because these marble Marlboro men began to all die from cancer, it didn't look good, okay? And Michael J. Fox doing commercials and drinking Diet Pepsi, you know, they don't want people to know about it because they would lose a lot of that business, okay? So Michael did commercials for Pepsi, And he promoted diet Pepsi-Cola. Anyway, I'm taking a drink here. Anyway, he had a contract, you know, and he couldn't couldn't talk about anything. And um, in 1991, Michael was diagnosed with a young onset Parkinson's disease. It would be seven years before he told the public, okay? So the link was missed by most people, so he just didn't say anything, Okay. In 2000, Michael founded the Michael J. Fox Foundation, which was supposed to help discover the cause and cure for Parkinson's disease. Various groups have sent information to the foundation about the link between aspartame found in diet colas and Parkinson's disease, but they've been ignored. The group instead donated $175 million to researches of Parkinson's disease, while Wooly Ignoring the existing information about aspartame, just as most researchers have. So, you can read the rest of that, but basically, they're keeping this covered up. So, they're saying, you know, some people are saying aspartame found in diet sodas is composed of asparic acid and phenylalanine. And these chemicals excites brain cells to the death. You know, I chewed sugarless gum and I felt like hell and I got dizzy and confused, right? So I quit chewing on it years ago and I knew. I thought, geez, I'm allergic to it. But it, it actually kills your brain cells. So it causes Parkinson's disease, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and lupus. So this is scary. Okay, so... I'm not going to focus on that, but just let you know that, you know, a lot of this stuff is happening because of a lot of this stuff that, you know, people don't know about. I wanted to talk about the ruby, but I also wanted to mention, you know, um, I think it's written in the Bible that the Ten Commandments were written on sapphire. So they were very sacred, you know, um, beautiful um, things, but they were distorted. And I think they were caught recopied, too. Um, let's just see. Um, you know, that um, CERN opened up this long tunnel, um, the longest tunnel in the world, and they had this really creepy ritualistic, Uh, dance that looked like demons and stuff like that so if you want to go on the internet and see it it's really creepy but it's almost like they were doing a ritual to open up some gateways and so i also heard next that germany and hungary and some other countries and i think maybe even sweden want are going to start their independence um like the uk did I think Scotland wants to be independent from the UK, so I don't know what they're gonna do. If they're gonna go back into that, you know, European Union or what's gonna happen, but there's gonna be a lot of big shifts going on soon. It's all about the rise of the patriot, you know, the person that speaks and lives in truth. By patriot I don't mean somebody who's fighting all the time. By patriot I mean, you know, people that step forward and speak. And it's not about being self-centered anymore. It's about the all, you know. As we go into the the 500th day of the prayers of light on the 13th of July, it's coming up soon. You know, humanity is really going through a lot of changes, especially over these last 500 days. I told you that a friend of mine asked me to let everything collapse because I balance energy in this realm, right? And to manifest those others gone. There's there's different ways to manifest things, but we want a whole new reality. Why not manifest it? Um, But I also, in other things, you know, we were talking about how, you know, people got to think things out and got to, you know, worry about things. And why is it when someone could have the most wondrous thing in their life, they always blow it, you know? People have those deep issues and they have a little voice within them saying you know I'm not worthy humanity is worthy Um, a lot of people grew up you don't this is quoting Peter um, Zai Wu on on my Facebook page I think that a lot of people grew up with that you don't deserve any better programming from their parents or that was socialized you know by these elites and things like that so people don't rebel right so programming from their parents, or they grow up with very dysfunctional families that seem to be normal. So when they do have something great show up, their subconscious tells me, you don't deserve this. So I'm putting out an intention and a prayer of light, and I will do it more, that humanity see themselves as worthy. Okay? Because it's important. You know, and that we're we're doing the work and we're expanding the energy. Of course you're worthy. And I also talked about what would happen if anybody in the world would release their anger that they've held at a cellular level, even at a karmic level. And somebody, said, somebody said something would pop and you'd hear the lion roar, okay? Somebody said there would be a big-ass fireball. Um, well, deep inside, humanity are balls of light, okay? Somebody said they thought that a radiator hose might break, you know, some pressure would need to be released. Well, I think that's what's happening right now. Humanity is releasing a lot of pressure. And, um, you know, that's why I think people have been, you know, projecting blame on other people, and they don't understand what's happening, okay? But it's important that we do understand what's happening. And we don't compromise ourselves. You know, if somebody has agendas for us, and they don't, Comply with what we feel is important, you know, because we're all interconnected. Don't bother with that person, okay? If they want you to do stupid things, we have enough to deal with. To the divine source of all energy, thy will be done. Because, you know, there is a plan. The divine energy um, wants humanity to be who they really are. So... It's not about standing still, it's about dancing and becoming who we really are.
0: You
2: know, know, there's been times where I I have an eye to see whether things fit in a space energetically, right? And I was at somebody's house the other day and they wanted to take this workbench downstairs and they insisted it would fit. And I said, no, it's not going to fit because the space you have in the main landing won't allow you to swivel it. And, and to take it downstairs but he didn't he had to do it his own way and sometimes we have to let people do it their own way okay then he had to take the whole thing and I, I suggested that he take it apart even before he decided to bring it in the house but we can't be controlling okay we can't project what we see on other people we can make suggestions and you know sometimes crawl pro- controlling, uh, demanding people appear in our lives and we have to uh, say, you know maybe we can learn from this you know or, you know, you just keep yourself away from those people so downturning the frequency of the ego you know, when we um, increase our frequency of light at the same there's like a downshift in the ego and it goes into neutral it's where humanity is headed right now. So the ego won't be as much of a pain in the, you know what. Um, I, I wanted to talk about djinns, um, because I have come across people that are a mix of jinn energy and human energy. So, it is a possibility. You know, they talk about the Nephilim and, you know, other beings that have intermingled with humanity. I, there's, a, there's This uh, This is on an Islamic um, thing, okay? I was doing a little reading on uh, Ramadan and that sort of thing. That just kind of it was over with. And, you know, some people go into the real big fast. And I'm looking at everything in a detached way, okay? I'm not going to get into all that razzmatazz about stuff. But anyway, this is the relationship between jinns and humans. The world of jinns and devils and the world of humans are different worlds. The world of humans is visible to the jinns while the world of the jinns is a matter of unseen for humans, but not for all humans, because I do see them. You know, I think you have to be in places where they are, but when they... um, cohabitate with some humans there are hybrid um beings okay just let you know i don't want to scare people but the connection between the two worlds exists and they talk about in the form of subjection sorcery jugglery and mutual exploitation so you have to be careful that you don't get involved with these people even the people that are you know Blends of the two. So if we contemplate the relation between two worlds since the old times, we would find it a witness to change. And maybe that's why I had two pairs of glasses. You know, the one was the old and one was the new. And um, we have to see beyond those rose colored glasses. Okay, there are men from mankind who saw refuge and men from the jinn. So um, they increase their burden. So the day. And um, I think Mohammed even talked about it the day. He will gather them together, O company of Jinj. You have misled many of mankind and their allies among mankind, will say. You know, they're deceivers. They will make themselves appear in other ways and um, do things to cause problems for for humanity. Um, That's why I'm talking about it, because it's important for... And the fire is your residence. So... You know, angelic beings were created on air, and humanity was created with earth. Jinns were created with fire. Okay? So it says, Our Lord, some of us made use of others, and we have now reached our term when you appoint, uh, appointed for us. We will say, The fire is your residence, where within you abide eternally, except for the Allah wills. Indeed, sure. the Lord is wise and knowing. So this is from the Quran, uh, 6 128. I've never actually read it before, so, but they do talk about it, and I have ex- had experience with this. So, you know, because a lot of Middle Eastern people have been coming into Canada, and I've experienced it. This verse summarizes the basis of the relationship between humans and jinn, saying that it's based on the exchange of what the two parties perceive as interests. Okay, so what is in fact no more than absolute harms. The benefits that the human get from the jinns are represented in seeking refuge with them and feeling that they are under the protection. So that's what humanity has sought in the past that they could get. And, you know, this is in desert areas because they like the heat. They're heat beings, right? That is why the people of Jahilaya would settle in a valley of any place in the wilderness. They would say, I seek refuge of the master of the valley. Uh, <clears throat> sorry as for the benefits of the jinns get from the humans this feeling of pride and arrogance, and that is because when the humans seek refuge with them, they will then boast and say, we have become masters of mankind and jinns. So, they talk about these scholars of uh, of TASphere. You know, they've written books and things about these things. And they're the unseen, so it is obvious that this is a mini-picture of the relationship, the mutual utilization between the jinns and humans. So, not advisable for this to happen okay and because the relationship is wider than the mere seeking refuge with the jinn the latter considering this as a source of pride however the relationship remains within this framework as some humans obey and even worship the jinn in return for getting services related to sorcery and juggery so you know money and benefits they exchange things Hence there is a real relationship between humans and jinns, but in the worst and meanest forms. So in this article we will try to shed light on some aspects of this relationship between the two parties. Because you know, I've talked about the Nephilim before and I thought, you know, we need to look at this too because um the humans and the jinns, depending on the you know, the texts and what these scholars have written, um they say it's it's to form a correct perception about it. <clears throat> so, number one, misleading humans and corrupting them. This is the ultimate wish of the devils in their life mission. And they, they actually mention Satan and honors the devils who excel in misleading and corrupting people. So um, They come among us, okay, because there has been an agenda. Humans worshiping gens. This is the worst aspect of the relationship between the jinns and the humans. So, they were talking about polytheists who, you know, worship many different things, but they worship different types of jinns too. So, number three, devils teach sorcery. Some people believe that the evil or sorcery confers uh, natural supernatural power that allows them to control other humans. So, basically... You know, some people have been using that energy to control other humans, but in actual fact, they're being controlled, the people that are trying to control. And I believe that this has really been happening. Others believe that the jinns and devils possess the power of sorcery and the knowledge of teaching, and they obey them in return for getting this power of learning its principles. So, there's people, you know, and some of them the elite that have been worshipping these beings. And, um, anyway, they deceive people into disbelief. They spread corruption. And um, they talk about the devils that recited during the reign of Solomon. It was not Solomon who disbelieved, but the devils disbelieved, teaching people magic. That was revealed... To the two angels that so you know you have to be careful who you evoke, okay its it's better to just pray to God, harm humans, the jinns have the ability to harm humans by their you know and so it says the devil circulates in a person like blood in the bloodstream. So, jinns may harm the humans in in ways that are prohibited for both humans and jinns or through coercion and oppression. They enter the body. They have ways of entering the body, and they can possess people. So, I'm going to go off the air very soon, so if you're still listening um, on the phone, you'll still hear me, but you can go back and listen if you would like. So, it just says, you know, some people... Change, and they um can speak through this person's tongue, so they um they also talk about people having epileptic seizures and speak in tongues that nobody understands, and you know these things have happened, so people aware of them you know i don't want I don't want to scare people, but we do have to be aware of things that are around us, and humanity is going to become more aware <laughs> also. There are different clubs and different organizations around us um, that perpetuate, you know, this elite mentality and control of humanity. <clears throat> the Lions Club is one of them. So, um, you know, at the higher levels, we, we just have to be aware. Um, and also, you know, not trying to force people to do things that they don't want to do. A lot of people figure, you know, I'm manifesting this and I want people to do this and I want this type of wife and I want this type of... We can't do that to people. So I've been talking a while. Another thing, should people associate with family members when they have the lynch mentality, which I mean that they would go after them and treat them terribly. You know, a lot of us, may have to move away from our families especially if they're involved in these you know things that we were talking about That humanity's starting to notice around them you know why settle for something you don't even want you know who has put these um you know to have all this stuff onto humanity you know humanity when they live from their hearts they live in the moment and just require things that they they need in that moment. Okay. More than that, we keep that grace within us—the part that will never die, that light part of ourselves—and not, not let anybody take that grace. You know, people think they can take it. Anyway, so you know, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of things going on. You know, even though you know people don't want people being brought into the country illegally. Apparently, they're doing work and bringing illegal workers into the U.S. to do work. Um, you know, it's being noticed, and people are trying to do something about it. But when the government's aware of it, when the government's corrupt, that's not good. We got to look at things around us and see if they're being a smokescreen or a false flag. You know, sometimes people are are you know can be mean and and project blame on other people when they're really redirecting the blame from themselves to other people okay that's why they're doing it and that's why i'm talking about these things today you know uh, we can be really patient i have a friend that always says oh be patient and um you know, there's a natu- there should be a statute of limitations on the amount of patience that a person has. Some pa- people tolerate too much sometimes and need to think a little bit about their own dreams and needs. Because, you know, some people, they project their needs on everybody else and what they want, okay? <clears throat> I say, you know, kind of limit your amount of time you have with people that are like that because you can't put... A being of light, a circle ball of light into a square peg, okay? It just doesn't work. So, you know, we were talking earlier, and I was talking about, you know, um, humanity is doing a lot of purging, a lot of healing. And, you know, I would say forgive yourself once you've dealt with it, and don't look at it again unless you have to, unless it's pertinent to the moment. So if we're asked to dredge something up from the past, maybe somebody's asking about it, just say, you know, I don't want to talk about that. I've dealt with it already. But if it was, you know that it's going to help somebody, and if you are asked to share it, if Source leads you into the knowing, and it's pertinent to the m- moment would have meaning to that person, uh, th- then fine. But I would say not to go there. Because once we have healed and dealt with, it is ours to let go of, okay? Any memory at all is in the pure moment in the knowing, and the divine energy allows the light being to hang Onto this memory if it's to serve in that moment, okay? That's fifth dimensional consciousness. In the quiet of the moment in the morning beyond a dream and awake lies a secret place and it's all mine. It unfolds the way all magic unfolds from the heart and from the greater divine energy. That's the way I live. You know, I experience love and I share it. And when I go into eternal time, sometimes I take people with me. Like I said before, be careful of people who push their agendas on us and make it look like it's something that we wanted. And then when we speak up because we do notice, they make it look like they were never doing anything to begin with. You know, these are the people that could be have some of that agenda energy, okay? I call them the nothing people, the invisible ones, because they actually make people believe that it was actually their fault. Now, you know it's all around us. You know it's infiltrated within our society. At least one in ten people. Now people will be able to see them a mile away, and though that, and and though they had fire, it's a joke. So I want to read about ruby because I keep seeing ruby lately. I have a really nice bracelet that has you know carobashon rubies on it too, that I kept seeing so i thought okay i'll i'll get this and it's really nice okay um ruby meaning and uses and this is from crystal vaults and um it's called crystal encyclopedia ruby and it's it says your online guide to the healing energies metaphysical properties legendary uses and meaning of ruby and uh, introduction to the meaning and uses of ruby the fiery and captivating ruby you know that's a firestone we've been talking about the gin we've been talking about mars and the mars retrograde leaving today I'm, I'm feeling this kind of fiery energy okay the fiery and captivating ruby is a stone of nobility considered the most magnificent of all gems the queen of stones and the stone of kings Ancients believed it surpassed all the precious stones in virtue and its value succeeded even that of a diamond. The Chinese emperor Kublai Khan was said to have offered an entire city in exchange for a sizable ruby.
3: Hmm. I
2: wonder what the, the city thought about that. Revered in many cultures throughout history, ruby has also been the, the talisman and also always been the talisman of passion, protection, and prosperity. It symbolizes the sun and its glowing hue suggests an inextinguishable flame with a stone that legends claim would shine through the thickest clothing and would could not be hidden. You, you know, We were talking about the balance day, the sun, the moon, and all those different planets. It's a balance of that fire and water energy, okay? If a ruby were cast into water, it would cause it to boil and ca- carved and pressed into wax. It would melt the wax. It was born as an amulet of charm to ward off plague, and pestilence, warned of its wear of impending danger, keep the body safe, banish sadness and foolish thoughts. So you know, um, it's a protective thing, okay? And to to banish sadness, I think there's somebody knocking at the door. It could be a box that I'm expecting um, here, because nobody else is coming. Okay. I'm on the radio. You never know what's going to happen on this radio show. I'm bringing food for people that are doing work here. Not me, though. Okay. And glowing hue of success, an extinguishable flame within the stone that legends claim could shine through in the thickest clothing and could not be hidden. If a ruby were cast into water... I'm reading this again. It would cause it to boil in a carved and press into wax so it would melt in the wax. And it was worn as an ambulance or a charm to ward off plaque plague and pestilence and warned of its impending danger, kept the body safe and banished sadness and foolish thoughts. From the heart, right? It was reputed to bring its owner peace, drive away the frightful dreams. I think I've talked about it before, wearing ruby to bring peace, okay? So if you have a ruby ring, it's good to wear it on the heart finger okay and and a necklace near the heart um it says here it was recruited to bring its owner peace drive away frightful dreams restrain lust and help resolve disputes so these are times when humanity is going through a lot and lots coming to the surface so ruby i know it's expensive but, but if you even have a tiny bit of it or some raw ruby it would be helpful So today's metaphysical properties are no less astounding. The exquisite crystal emanates the pure red ray with vibrancies unsurpassed in the mineral kingdom. It actively stimulates the base chakra, increasing vitality and chi. I think I've talked about that before too, but I'm seeing it again, you know, the ruby. The life force energy through the physical body and the spirit. It promotes a clear mind, increasing Centration and motivation brings a sense of power to the wearer, self-confidence. So if you you're, you have low confidence it and you're timid, it will help propel you. And I think, you know, naturally human, humanity is going through this right now. Maybe they did need the jinn energy, even though, you know, it it has not been positive for them, to activate them, you know. It's part of the process. Ruby initiates the essential pleasures of life, the blood and stimulates the heart, encouraging one to enjoy being in the physical world. It increases desire and sexual energy. So, you know, the base chakra stuff. It may be used to activate the kundalini. Ruby has always been associated with love, especially faithful, passionate commitment and closeness. In antiquity, rubies were considered to be perfect wedding stones. So, people still get them for wedding. You know, I think I got a teeny bit of water here. I'm just gonna get get a bit more. It's a busy place. It's gonna start getting busier here. People are coming back from lunch, so it's got a filter on it, so I usually drink out of the i have to go downstairs to do that huh? get a play by play sometimes i get neat things delivered i had my ruby red slippers that's why i started thinking about ruby because i ordered these shoes a while back and um i was supposed to get them but they they didn't show up till yesterday so i knew okay this is that, that energy is is going out with a bang that ruby energy and it may go out with a bang okay i'm i'm talking about that gin energy too not you know the ruby energy. Um, anyway, it it has this rich red color, you know the really deep ruby color. And um, rubus meaning red until eighteen hundred, when the ruby is recognized as a variety of corundum. Red spinels, tourmalines, and garnets are also believed to be ruby. So all, all other varieties of corundum are des, designed as sapphire. And says, "See the sapphire page on this website." So, I wanted to talk a little bit about sapphire, but I will try to talk about it next week. Then, if I if I have the time, ruby forms in um, prismatic, tabular, bipyramidal, or rhombohedral crystals, as well as gerangular and massive habitats and has a vitreous luster. The most valuable and desired rubies are those of the shade called Pigeons. Pretty much look like Pigeon's Blood. Defined by William Fernie as a true deep, rich red without a mixture of blue or yellow. I'm just looking at mine. Mine looks pretty red, the bracelet I have on. Um, Others define it as a pure red with a hint of blue. The shade of red uh, varies depending on where it's mined, and some deep pink red a reddish orange red with a violet cast, or even a deep wine color the paler pink corundum debated as ruby by some is usually referred to as pink sapphire rather than ruby so i have some of that too all natural rubies have imperfections within them including color impurities and inclusions of rutile Needles known as silks, these inclusions help distinguish natural ruby from synthetics and when structurally orientated, so the light shines off the silk in in certain ways, the inclusions usually increase the rarity and the value of the stone. If cut in a carbuchon, the special stones may display a chatoyancy, a rare cat's eye effect. I'm looking at mine. I think there's one of them that has that. And, um, you know, like blue sapphires, I guess they're referring to. It's similar. And uh, anyway, they they talk about the star ruby. So let's see here. These special stones may have like a cat's eye effect. And the case of the star ruby may display a 6 rayed star effect called an asterism. That causes the light rays to appear to glide magically across the stone as it is moved. I'm just looking at mine to see if it does that. That's kind of neat. I can see it. Um, Star Ruby has um, the same metaphysical properties as Ruby with increased healing and magical energy. So that's amazing. It is almost powerful at full noon. So... Yeah, that would have been uh, kind of cool. I I was wearing mine at the full moon, by the way. Oh, I didn't tell you the dog story. Okay. I was at my daughter's house, and the dog was sleeping with me, and all of a sudden it had to go to the bathroom. So I went downstairs, and I thought, okay, better let this dog out. So I'm sitting there in the front porch watching, and I look out, and I see the dog right almost at the end of the driveway where it doesn't go past, right? And I look, and there's another big white, looked like a wolf standing there and I was like holy moly anyway so I went out there and I guess when I went out um, the wolf took off and I looked and it was in another field but I couldn't get the dog to come in and it was like the dog was telepathically communicating with his wolf it was very very interesting but very very strange right and so I just tried to get the dog in. The dog wouldn't come in. And then, because he's a big dog, big white dog, um, looked up at the moon and was, like, mesmerized by this moon. And I finally had to go in and, and wake them up to come and try to get this dog in, right? So this moon was a pretty magical moon. But it was talking talking here about this um, ruby being really magical this star ruby especially at the time of the moon and i did have my my ruby bracelet on so it's probably you know helping that energy the light of the soul is reflected and grounded with the star of the ruby and that supplies one internal resources and fortitude extremely potent for those inclined to self-harm or self-neglect <clears throat> and it's quite beneficial so if you have somebody in your life that is you know, really down on themselves, it would be a good idea for them to have one of these. You know, maybe a little on the expensive side, but I'm sure you could find one, you know, look for one for them. It's quite beneficial in overcoming sexual dysfunction or the trauma of sexual or power abuse and suppressed anger. So somebody who's been sexually abused or somebody that has a lot of anger suppressed within them, the stone of spiritual light, it can be used by lightworkers and healers to integrate high-frequency energy into the body and assist one in recognizing the true abundance of life. That's probably why I have the one I have. Um, ruby uses and purposes. Wear or carry ruby to overcome exhaustion and lethargy. You know, I was talking about how I have to live my energy and use it all, right? And um, I have a lot of energy to begin with. But, you know, I have been doing a lot of physical work and doing a lot of energy work to use up my energy. And then I wake up the next day and I've got oodles and oodles of energy. And before, I didn't use up all my energy. And so then it was like stagnant energy. I'm, I'm talking about a long time ago, I used, you know, until I figured it out. So it stimulates circulation it amplifies energy and vitality of the whole system. However, those who are highly sensitive or irritable may find the stone overstimulating or uncomfortable to wear. I think an amethyst is like that to some people, too. You know, we were talking about um, drinking um, rose tea, right? And it helps, cal- is calming. So if you're going to wear ruby, um, it has been known to calm hyperactivity in some individuals okay but to some people who are have this a lot of karmic energy probably and are releasing it it may not be um one of the better ideas but if you're um really exhausted and you have no vitality and you've known you've done a lot of clearing it's a better one to wear okay but stick to the rose petals if you you're um especially the the red ones or the rose hips so, ruby is an aphrodisiac, you know, um, allowing to experience all forms of love. From anyway, they go into like to mystical communion and and sensuality and and that sort of thing. It deepens a couple's relationship, and we were talking about integrity at the beginning of the show, and you know, it, share that with somebody in a love relationship, okay? I'm not judging people, but it is not something to to run out and go Yahoo with, because you know it, it's energy that you have to honor. Anyway, it says it's also the stone of courtly love and may honor admiration from a distance. So, ruby worn during lovemaking, ruby can restore and maintain passion. is excellent for increasing the chances of conception. So it's intense energy, sharpens the mind, brings a heightened awareness, and excellent concentration. Well, that's what I find that it, it does. It helps with concentration. It promotes a courageous attitude. I don't have to worry about that one, but it may increase one's success in controversies and, and disputes. Ruby helps reduce fear of the paranormal and evil. It banishes nightmares and guards against psychic and Psychological attack. It's like um, what do you call that? Um, smoky quartz. You know, you use that for that too. It is a uh, shielding crystal, protecting home from fire and intruders. It's good to wear discreetly to, to stay safe at night. Rubies, both naturally and formed, are you know are highly prized. But I would say the natural ones. You know, get the natural ones. Um, it says. Please note, information on the website is no substitute for consulting a health professional. So, Ruby Healing Therapies. You know, uh, yeah, a few weeks ago I did talk about Rubies. And um, Ruby is considered a bloodstone strengthening the heart. And that's what I was talking about on the show the myocardium, the ventricles, and the coronary stimulating circulation and blood flow. And it also aids in treating disorders of disease of the heart. It assists in regulating menstrual flow and alleviating um, pain associated with menstruation. It's considered beneficial for reproductive organs and often used for treatment of sexual dysfunction, impotence, and infertility in early menopause and as a support for gynecological op- operations. So, believed to be helpful during pregnancy, especially for old women, in the optimum formation of children in the embryonic stage. It's useful in detoxifying the body and the lymph. It's used in treating. Fever and infections, it stimulates the adrenals, kidneys, and the spleen. And I, I believe I was talking about those things on the last show I did. In, i just trying to remember the date. 8th of June. It aids in adequate circulation or energy flow in the feet and the legs. And it can also be used to assist in weight regulation, especially when emotional eating is the cause. So it really helps with emotional healing energy. It allows the sharing of love energy despite past hurts, bringing up anger and negative energy for transmutation. So, you know, this karmic stuff that humanity is going through right now. Or what you could do when you do healing or meditation, you could visualize, you know, ruby light to help you bring it up to the surface. You know, because a lot of... um, you know, we were talking about the last show I did well all the energies down in the you know the pelvic area you know that's where the the energy um that you you know where a lot where a lot of the karmic energy is situated right so it gives strength and rise from mar- martyrdom and whether or not to dwell in anguish, so it helps people come out of that pain body distress or suffering and encourage a positive and more courageous state of mind it brings out protective aspects of one's character inspiring one to step forward and stand up for those who are threatened be it friends strangers animals or environment these are times that we have to speak up you know and defend people and the environment and stop these beings from you know playing head games and doing all this stuff to humanity Ruby also sustains and protects those with sensitive natures and distorted views of themselves or others. It overcomes fear of being ugly or unloved and is particularly empowering for those who hold excess weight in the body in order to ground the physical world it releases. Destructive emotional holds is powerful stone for developing more loving attitude towards oneself and the physical body. So, loving your body. Ruby chakra healing and balancing. You know, I was talking about using that red light energy, right? The stimulating the flow of life force energy achieved through the body. It strengthens the ability to meet one's needs and manifest one's desires. So it has to do with manifesting, too, and activating the kundalini. You know, I talked about manifesting in higher um, dimensions, right? We We use the base. But we also use the heart and the crown and above. The base or the root chakra is located at the base of the spine and controls the energy for aesthetic feeling and movement. You know, that's where we have these receptors that are activated by the brain for balance too, right? So And then connecting with the earth. It's important energy. It is the foundation of physical and spiritual energy for the body. So that's why, you know, when people walk, on sand or walk on the earth, it's it's really important. When physically out of balance, the symptoms will manifest themselves as lethargy, low levels of activity, low enthusiasm, and need for constant stimulation. So when its spiritual energies are out of balance, one will feel flighty, disconnected from reality and distance, like a space cadet, basically, that's what they're saying. When the, the, the base chakra is in balance, the physical body regains its strength and stamina, and the the spiritual energy is rekindled in the form of security and sense of one's own power. You know, when I do meditation in the afternoon. A lot of the times I use red energy. And I, I know that I'm, you know, I've used my energy and then I'm reconstituting it within myself. Okay, the the Ruby spiritual energy. Ruby signifies the light to the darkness of one light. It encourages following your bliss teaching. One to enjoy being in the physical world, perceiving the spiritual energy that exists through the realm of matter you know we everything around us nature and that sort of stuff it offers lessons in mastering the transformation of thought and intent to physical manifestation in order to change one's world so this is important energy for humanity right now they're existing simultaneously in in many dimensions right we're multidimensional beings but in order to manifest in this physical realm you know we do it from the root chakra Ruby assists in connecting one energy field to the earth for the purpose of replenishing one's energy stores. It is excellent for grounding and overcoming mental overload. And it is a great support during times of stress, which humanity is going through right now or when there is lengthy sojourn before having the opportunity to rest. Ruby color energy. Ruby brings the color of self-confidence built on fearlessness. So humanity is going from fear into love right now. And what do you think the color of the heart, the heart energy is? You know, it's that ruby, pinkish ruby color. So a call to action, excitement, it raises our enthusiasm, speeds our metabolism. Red reflects the color of passion, energy, and life. And it motivates. I got a really dry throat, sorry. It is a very strong color, the color of fire and blood. Dark red crystals embody strong, deep feelings, and durable energy, and quiet passion is masculine color, particularly useful for increasing devotion and seeing the, the seriousness of life. Meditation with ruby. Ruby is a stone that is not used for, often used for meditation. Most have found it is too invigorating to be effective. Well, I just use the ruby light, you know, the, the divinatory meaning of ruby. Something just fell really loudly. Value friends and family even seem temporarily dull. The Divinity meaning of star ruby. Now is the time to let everyone know they can achieve. Luck is with you. Ruby brings prophetic dreams and banishes nightmares. Dreaming of ruby is a sign of coming prosperity and good fortune. It may also indicate unexpected uh, guests. Oh, um, I was going to mention, um, talking about unexpected guests, I had, I was at a friend's place, and I was staying, I was sitting on the couch, and I looked up, and I saw a ghost sitting on the step, I was like, oh, you know, like I could feel something, but I actually saw it, right, and then when I slept, or I was going to sleep, and i heard some noises, and then I had a dream about this ghost, this being, and, um, You know, at some point, I I want to go back and, um, you know, do some clearing because I've done that in many people's places, but I thought maybe this being came back with me (laughs) to my office because, you know, I hear noises once in a while and stuff like that, and I've seen some stuff, so sometimes they follow us, okay? Anyway. Getting back to this ruby angelic realm. If your birthday falls in any of the following periods, a ruby of the color listed can be valuable conduit to your guardian angel. The table off prides the name of the guardian angel who's born in the time period. So they have different dates here. March the 16th to the 20th is dark red. Mumaya. June 1st to the 5th is pink. Hariel. October 19th to the 23rd, red. Mikkel. November 8th to the 12th, pink, Ariel. November 13th to the 17th, dark red, Aslaya. December 8th to the 12th, dark red, Inamaya. There are angels that are partial to Ruby. Table before it gives you information about it. So, you know, you heard about angel stones and stones that, you know, people use for that type of energy. So, Ruby is one of them. They talk about Protector and the Ruler of Dates, November 13th to 17th, Scorpio, dark red. Ashlea, Protector and Ruler of the Dates, December 8th uh, to 12th, Sagittarius, dark red. Inama, Protector and Ruler of the Dates, March 16th to 12th, Pisces, dark red. mumya and, um, and then they talk about the Angel of Fertility, dark red. Samadriel, actually I've been seeing stuff about that angelic being lately so you know we're talking about humanity and England being the baby and you know going into the newness this is the baby okay the master of the 11th tarot card justice dark red Zuriel, master of the 16th tarot card tower red Graphiel and protector and ruler of the dates of October 19th and 23rd Libra red Macal so I'm, I'm reading this for Diana in case she goes back so And they talk about Ruby Goddess Crystals and um, the Egyptian uh, Goddess of War, uh, Sket Met, and um, different goddesses. And they talk about the birthstone for those born in July. And my daughter's and my sister, Yvonne's birthday's in July and my daughter's birthday's in July. I have a bunch of other friends' birthdays in July. So the natural birthstone, the red color is one of the birthstones of those born mid-autumn, it says here, I guess, you know, October 22nd to November the 20th. So it also can be used in that time. But I, I notice people use um, the pink ones around that time. You know, the, I guess they're considered sapphires then. Ruby is a zodiac stone for those born in the sign of Capricorn. Okay. And I'm a Capricorn, and the sun sets, okay. Capricorn is represented by the mountain goat, and was born in the sign of serious and Strong-Willed. And they talk about ruby and talismans, and ruby feng shui. It's, it utilizes the fire energy. So, And they talk about ruby and ancient lore and legend. You can do a little bit more reading on that. So that's uh, www.crystalvaults.com forward slash crystal encyclopedia ruby. I wanna read a little bit about the coyote because and the wolf because I saw I'm sure it was a wolf but The Coyote. Uh, two sixty by um Ted Andrews and Animal Speak. The coyote is an amazing adaptive animal in the Native American lore about the animals rich and plentiful. It is um the creator and the jokester. You know, that it's like that gin energy. Much magic has been associated with coyote, but the magic dog does not always work, even as working it serves a purpose there's also hidden wisdom where the coyote is concerned in many ways the coyote is to the the plains indians what the raven is to the people of the northwest creator teacher and keeper of magic both are playful and love to have fun so maybe it was having fun with me both are skillful but very often look for ways to do things that will involve the use of their own skill they often look for shortcuts both remind us not to become too serious and both remind us that everything is possible sometimes in many details a coyote makes things more complicated than they need to be that's what i was trying to say to my friend you know you don't have to look at every possibility and try every possibility because it takes a long a lot of time you can skip a couple steps you know if a coyote has shown up as a totem you may wish to ask yourself some questions Are you or those around you being too serious? Have you forgotten that playtime is essential to health? I have playtime. Are you complaining? What is really simple in some areas of life is something playing tricks on you. The coyote teaches the balance of wisdom and folly and how they both go hand in hand. The image of the wise fool has been used in the lore of many societies this is the individual who seems to be a simpleton yet the words and actions are much greater wisdom than is initially recognized are you not seeing the wisdom of your life and its events the coyote will help you in the tarot deck the fool card the card is also good for anyone with a coyote to meditate upon its energies are tied to simplicity and trust it is a card for developing poise in the chaos of life it stimulates and renews innocence And it is, and it reawakens childlike wisdom in response to the world. It is a card that reminds us that the teacher and the true teacher of wisdom have a wonderful sense of humor. Through the coyote, we have learned to become as little children. So, you know, maybe that's why I was seeing either a coyote or, you know, because right now humanity is reawakening like little children of the intellect. Uh, creativity, the artistic mind, and all the intuitive faculties. So they're cluing into things that are going on around them. Although often seen as a past to be eliminated by many groups, it has managed to ex- extend its range. So it's found in every part of the country. It has also been able to do so. as has used its keen intelligence and adaptive ability. I've even heard of coyotes or wolves taking in dogs, going, you know, so I was a little concerned about my daughter's dog, right? We just have to keep an eye. The coyote used to be um, more active hunting at dawn, and dusk. today is more active at night. This is done to avoid other hunters. The coyote will often use cooperative hunting techniques. So, you know, this is a time where humanity is going into that Sagittarius cooperative um, healing Chiron energy, they have a well-organized system of running down smaller prey. The chase occurs in relays. One, one coyote rests, the other one gives a chase. So this is kind of cooperation, hints at energies that the coyote can bring into your life and ability to stimulate, um, you know, cooperation to accomplish important tasks. So this is something that we, we all have to s- stick together in these times, you know, of uncertainty and, you know, clearing of a lot of energy. Sometimes the coyote has even teamed up with badgers, and they've hunted together, reflecting the coyote's ability to adapt to the situation. The howl is one of the coyote's most significant qualities. It generally, um, accepted to be primarily a social gesture, is express loneliness, warn of danger, a call for assistance. It touches the soul, whoever hears, reminding us of our primal connections. And it does that on that full moon. You know, I did all that, talked about the full moon that we just had, Oh, it was about 10 days ago. A coyote, or a little less than that. A coyote's den can be located anywhere. They usually prefer the side of the hill, not a water source. The coyote will often return to the same den for each litter, but they rarely use the den year-round. It's a place they work out of. So this same kind of pattern is common among those who have coyote as a totem. They're most effective when they work from a place, but do not limit themselves strictly to it. It hints uh, the need for mental stimulation, and those with the totem require a lot of it. Coyotes have a very close-knit family unit. They will sometimes mate for life. The father is very conscientious and participates in the and raising of the young, both um Parents train the young on hunting techniques. The male cares for the mate while, the, while she is pregnant, helping to protect and feed her. And if something does happen to the mother, then the mate takes over the care of the young. The coyote is one of the most fascinating animals, but it's not easily locked into any particular category. It's filled with paradox. But the heart of its energy is the balance of the wisdom and folly that makes for a fulfilling life. Then on page 323 is the wolf, and its keynote is guardianship, uh, ritual, loyalty, and spirit, cycle of power, year-round, full moon's twilight. So, they come around, you know, they're out in the full moon, just like coyotes, but I think coyotes are out all the time. Wolves are probably most misunderstood, tales of terror and the cold, bloodiness abound. We're talking about blood again, like the ruby, so that's, you know, the chakra energy, Uh, you know first chakra and there have never been any confirmed attacks and killings of a human you know and they've had these stories of werewolves and that sort of thing you know mythological sort of creatures they're friendly social and highly intelligent their sense of family is strong and loyal and they live by careful defined rituals and rules wolves are the epitome of the wild spirit their positive characteristics are so numerous it is wonder the Native Americans other practically deify them. Many believe that true test of America's sincerity about protecting the environment will revolve on whether or not the wolf remains protector is allowed to be introduced to areas of the country. Yeah, you know, I've seen wolves up in the north, a lot of you know the central Ontario, where I live. The wolf is the true spirit of the free and unspoiled. And there's several kinds of wolves in North America. The wolf, red wolf is the smallest and may be extinct in the wild there are efforts to reintroduce this territory in the southern united states the mexican wolf is the subspecies of the more common gray wolf it is found in the southwest united states of mexico is hunted almost to extinction now part of the recovery and captivity breed plan the arctic wolf is probably the purest breed living in the isolated area around the arctic circle i've seen those too because i lived up north the gray or timber wolf is the most common, only in Alaska, Canada, and the region around the Great Lakes. And this is where I live, near the, in the Great Lakes area, so I have seen those too. It was hunted to extinction in other areas of the country. The gray wolf is not always gray. It may be black, gray, brown, white. The one I saw the other night was white. Probably the biggest misconception of wolves is about their size. They're not nearly as large as most people imagine. Their thick fur gives an appearance of greater size, but they're usually no taller than a good-sized German shepherd. Wolves are very ritualistic in many ways as humans. They live by carefully defined rules, and there's specific territories that are sacred. Their social behavior is based upon a hierarchical system, each in its place. And there's an alpha male and an alpha female, and dogs are like that too. Wolves do not fight unnecessarily, and they often go out of their way to avoid it. And, you know, they have strong, um, and they, they rarely end up in a fight, just a glance or a growl is always all is necessarily. So, you know, they teach us to, to be able to get along together, you know, the wolves. And we're talking about humanity going into that Sag, Sagittarius kind of energy. They also have a complex system of vocal communications. And they communicate, you know, with their tails and their eyes and all sorts of things. They even howl for the joy of it. So it may be a social expression. So everyone knows its relationship in the pact and the ritualistic behaviors established establish the wolf ranks are part of that magic. So they're not all autocratic under supreme rule of the Alpha. Neither are they democratic. So they're kind of in between. There's flexibility. So that may have to be what humanity does. You know... (sighs) It looked like the globalists were trying to control everybody. You can't control everybody, especially when people are expanding and speaking their truth and that sort of thing. So the breeding season is usually in the late winter, and um, they give birth about two months later. All members of the pack show great care and affection towards the pups. And the adult wolves are friendly and amical towards the pups, and the wolf medicine teaches respect and honor. So that's what we have to learn, you know, humanity and the ancient ones. Wolves become sexually mature about 24, uh, 22 to 24 months. And wolves are predators, you know. So if you want to read a little bit more about them, um, you know, feel free to do it. I'm just going to, they're extremely intelligent and they try to avoid danger if they can. But I have heard that they're, T- taking dogs with them because there's so little of them they, they they're they taking dogs and packs i don't know but the coyotes and there's mixed breeds you know the wolf has the capacity for being quick and firm emotional attachments learning to trust your own thoughts and secure your attachments according to that part of medicine so i have wolf medicine i can see the solution and create it very quickly and i have strong emotional ties to people that i love the wolf can help you hear the inner and guard you from inappropriate actions. So, you know, it can stop you from doing stupid things. And they can be sexual things because this is, you know, like I said before when I was talking uh, on the last show that I did, there's people that are kind of feeling that sexual energy and are acting out with it. It will guard you as it teaches you, and sometimes strong, sometimes gently, but always with love. When a wolf shows up, it's time to breathe new life into your life rituals, find a new path. So humanity is going on a new path. Take a new journey. Take control of your life. And, you know, you are the governor of your life. You create it and direct it. So do so with harmony and discipline that you will know the truth. and spirit. So we're going through a time where, you know, we're going to be speaking our truth all the time. Anyway, much love to you all. And um, first-time listeners, thank you for listening in to 5th Dimensional Radio. And I have a a site on Facebook called 5th Dimensional Living. And my name is Diane Buckberger, and I am also on Facebook, so you can look that information up if if you're interested in finding anything more out. Much love. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash D 1. May your hearts and minds always be open to experiencing a greater world.